Hey guys. G'day. <laughs> Welcome to Aussie Craft Broadcasting live from the back of the Craftworks Ute. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> this is the only place I could get reception, so I seriously need to drink. So I'm going to have one very shortly, a really good mm -hmm. one. But anyway, let's rip into it. So um, for those who don't know, my name's Craig or Crafty from Craftworks Distillery. And tonight we are, we, well, tonight's quite a special night, actually, because we have our first ever guest presenter or shoot the shitter as we like to refer to them and we have um a very uh important person a distiller and uh he's got a great story and we're gonna we're gonna rip into that in a sec but first things first john fellow shoot yeah. the shitter how are you my friend good mate how are you going oh i'm in the back of my ute yeah, I know. It was a rhetorical question. I know you're having a shit day. That's all right, though. Um, thanks for having me on. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what what the fuck I'm doing here, but um, that's all right, right? Well, I'll join the club. There's three of us that don't know what we're doing here, so. Yeah, we don't we don't have uh, Luke, uh, resident Luke, uh, the other shoot the shitter, who is uh, the guy that is the glue that holds this whole thing together, and. Um, so Todd has stepped into the driving um, seat on the, the just, manager. just a, an inside secret. He's still he's still sitting offline, just checking us out. <laughs> he still wants the glue. You, he just, uh, just you should see the grin on his face as he's just cringing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have enjoy a segment. Your, enjoy your evening, Lukey. <laughs> we, we, have, we have a segment called "Throw Todd Under the Bus." Um, and apparently this whole thing tonight is going to be throw Todd under the bus. So. I, I should have just run with my throw Todd under the bus instead of the starting sequence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on. So our guest tonight is Linton Tonta from Windmill, Windmill Farm uh, Brewery and Distillery. Is that right, Linton? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Windmill Farm Distilling and Brewing. Yep. Spot awesome, on. mate. It's great you're here. And look, really looking forward to having a chat with you because you're right at the start of your journey. So it, it's going to be very interesting. You're, you're going to give us some good insight on to what the fuck it's like to put a distillery together nowadays, right? And ones that, ones that have been around for a bit, like John and myself, uh, are going to go, oh, Jesus, it's got a lot harder now, hasn't it? I think, that, I think that's what's going to Yeah, we did it easy. So... <laughs> first things first, guys. What's everyone drinking tonight? So I'm going to start, right? I'm in the back okay, of the youth. I've got a wine glass because that's all I've got is a wine glass, right? <laughs> and enough. I've only got one bottle of whiskey, and it's the Todd. This is the one that we've gone halfsies in, and I'm drinking it now. Oh, okay. It's the Star cool. Wars latest release ginger beer. We go for some whiskeys after he's bought them, by the way. It's just how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a plastic no, just... wine glass in the back of the ute, mate. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, living the dream. Living the dream here, I tell you. And you know what? I'm twisting on an angle. So tomorrow I'm going to have a fuck back, a fuck neck. <laughs> so, anyway. Stop coming up well, with excuses. You know, I mean, you know, it could have been worse. Yeah. Could have been worse. It could have been worse. Every time you so stop just, talking, I think you've frozen again. So you're going to have to just talk the whole time. Um, 
if people walking past you, you, is that normal? Where are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, out in the car park. Yeah, he's in the cold <laughs> car park. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, Linton, what's in your glass, mate? Um, at the moment, oh, I, I actually started on it. It was only because I went and bought a bottle of uh, gin for a person who did us a favour with a bushfire report. And I come across this, and I yeah. hadn't actually seen it before. And Green uh, Ant Gin. Green Ant, oh. yeah, that's cool. That's cool and, stuff there. Yeah, got, got the little, I don't know if you can pick that up, but there's yeah. little green ants in there. And it's actually really, really nice. So oh, I'm looking forward to actually getting one secret. of them. It's very so, hard to get one of those ants. Yeah, well, they seem to stick right oh. in the bottom. So. <laughs> they always they, they yeah. swim away from the glass. <laughs> but the, the whiskey I've moved on to is actually a, um, a lower marsh. Um, oh, single malt whiskey. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if yeah. you can. A mate. Yeah. Um, bought it around and sorry, I'm not. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> mate, yeah, oh, it's, um, it's a there you go. I don't know if you can see that. Is that picking that up or not really? No, not really, but ah, it's looks right. like a lady. Yeah. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Sweet>, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tastes good. Uh, I'm just seeing <laughs> next to you, next to me. Anyway, uh, John, what are you, what are you on, mate? What are you drinking? <laughs> Uh, I'm. I, I started with a Hobart. I've got a few drams here for tonight. It's our last release. Nothing overly exciting. Um, I also have this uh, mystery yep. sample that I found on my desk. It's got no label on it, so I'm not sure what it is. But, um, <laughs> mystery samples. Up. We're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> What's this glass for? It's, it's part of the challenge of writing tasting notes is to try and determine what cask it is in the Bond store. So, <laughs> I'm sure Ben will That's know what's awesome. going on. Hey mate, we had, we had a bit of a a bit of a scare uh, in the distillery last week. So um, I had two um, two whiskey casks, sorry, two um, barrels ready for filling uh, out outside. I left them outside over the holiday period, and uh, my wife was giving me, and Mrs. Crafty was giving me a real hard time, going, "Oh, why did you leave them out? They're really good barrels." I went, "Yeah, yeah, they'll be all right. Don't worry." Ba 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 ba, and then. She found borer beetles. So these casks are outsized. They've got holes in them. And I kid you not, they're twice the size of a pinhole, a pinhead. Um, and she's seen the beetles. And so I was freaking out going, Jesus, if they're in the shed, we've got big problems. Um, mm. I, I talked to Youngie about it from YN Cooperage. Uh, and he said, mate, it happens in the wineries. So what you do is, uh, if you have barrels like that, you leave them outside as a sacrificial barrel to the borer and they're happy to munch away on those barrels, but, uh, hopefully stay away from your good stuff. That was a learning. Yeah, right. I, wouldn't expect that. I, I don't know. It sounds like a bit of a trap though, because if they learn that you're going to keep feeding them, they'll just get more and more and you'll have to like <laughs> do more sacrificial tasks. I don't know. Exactly. They'll they'll ring around their family and go. We're onto a good thing here, guys. This yeah, guy just right, yeah. I suppose it can work both ways. It's like when you have uh, uh, gardens and you put things like comfrey or other plants at the front, which are sacrificial plants that they like to go or bugs or insects or whatever vermin you're trying to get rid of like to go towards. But yeah, same same elk. You either you're either breeding them <laughs> and building the population, or you're you're hoping that that's they're just going to focus their energy on that. <laughs> yeah, or well, they're, they're having a party. Yeah, exactly, mate. So <laughs> let's, let's rip into it, uh, 
Linton. Hang so on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What Just happened? let me, because you haven't asked me what I'm drinking. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> you mean me? I feel <laughs> left out. Sorry, sorry. I thought but you were so stressed water, you but drinking. I am. No, I'm, I'm drinking. So, ah, it's Manly Spirits, stone. Coastal Stone. It's their second release, but their first release, if that makes sense. So it's yeah, the bourbon yeah, yeah. cask. Just released the bourbon cask. Yeah. 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 So, I was. I was at. I was at Manly uh, Monday actually, and and I got to taste some of that. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not cool. Bad. All right. So yeah, Linton. Um, so give us for those that don't know, uh, tell us tell us your story because it's from what I understand, it's a really interesting story, and you're coming at it from quite a different perspective. So give us give us a rundown of your story and also how you've approached building your own distillery and brewery, mate. Let us know. Yeah, um, it's yeah, definitely a, a big, broad question, which has evolved too. That's probably one thing. It's definitely evolved over um, a lot of years. But it probably started with uh, the first, when I actually got introduced to whiskey. So probably the same sort of thing when you're 18, you, you like beer, um, you try and people say try whiskey. And you, usually you probably try a, bur a bourbon whiskey because it's a mixer. And I was like, yeah, it's not really for me sort of thing. And it wasn't until I was down in Melbourne and a mate handed me a bottle of uh, Laphroaig, actually, just 10-year-old, and yeah. um, he said, try this. And um, I tried I'm like, that, that's exactly – I love that. That is awesome. It's like an old leather boot. And it was from there, that's where my infatuation, I suppose, took over, and that was probably about 10, 10 years ago. Um, so from there, um, really just a, a common interest in whiskey. And then it, it definitely grew probably around 2014, 2015. At the time, I was a, um, a pilot flying um, up in Sydney for one of the airlines and, um, yeah, just got really interested into whiskey and was, try, like, was able to fly to different places and try and go to um, different distilleries and whatnot. And then my, where I lived, in, we live in Jamboree, and um, I, I, it's where our current um, um, distillery is going to be as well. Um, yeah. And at the time, he's now one of my best mates, um, and he's the one that's going to the distillery with us. He lived across the road and heard that he did brewing, home brewing. So that's how we first met. And then from there, our, our love with, with beer, and then, and then he's like, oh, I love whiskey too. And I suppose that's where the love with whiskey sort of came about. And then it got... A lot more than a love of whiskey we were starting to get a lot bigger with our homebrew system into stainless um kegs and whatnot and messing around with uh all grain and then we're like oh. and then long story short i had a problem with my eye and couldn't fly anymore um and then uh we decided that yeah it was something that we were really interested in, in doing uh on a bit more serious level so we went to i think our first proper uh step that we decided to take was to go down and we went on the Tasmanian Whiskey Academy um, down with Ann Gigney yep. in 20, yep. 2016, I think it was. We went on a 2016 course. 20, yeah, 20, 2016, so that was sort of like, I'm trying to think now, that would have been probably the second or third um, course that they yeah. did. Um, it I think it was, was 2015, right, wasn't it? 
It would have been. It was. It was winter, dead winter. So it would have been around May or yeah, it was June, around June. Um, but yeah, twenty sixteen, yeah. and then yeah. yeah, from pretty much when we when we went down there, ate a ton of uh, curried scallop pies. By the way, John, <laughs> I reckon I put on about four kilos in curried scallop pies. That was so bloody good. But even like we went to the, we did the rounds of Mubru, um, we went to Sullivan's Cove, um, yep. and it really just instilled. Oh yeah, and and down to um, uh, uh, Chris and Rex down at Nunsuch, yep. and right. yeah, yeah, it really, really I suppose in, instilled that this is what we um, really want to do. So at the airport, we're there designing stills, knowing nothing about still design or anything <laughs> at the time. And uh, but we're like, yeah, this would work because so David Combi, um, is top bloke, really, really um, practical with everything that he does. Um, he's a really experienced Sparky, but he's the um, not the gadget man, but he's the fix it man. So if you can fix it with bugles, zip ties, and uh, electrical tape, he's sorted. Um, but everything, yeah, he's always singing outside the square. So we're there and we're drawing, drawing. I reckon this is how. Um, it could work and whatnot. Get back home and then sort of like you go back into the usual um, reality of life. And we're like, no, we, we want to actually try and get um, somewhat of an education. So I I looked at IBD, like knowing I had a look through Australia, trying to see if there was TAFE courses or anything, nothing in Australia, um, and then found the IBD. And I thought, well, you know what? I'd, I'd heard, I'd already knew about them before I went down to Anne Gigney's thing, but I thought I'll, I'll definitely um, probably do a, a proper course. I did the general um, to start with and um, found yep. that it was a plethora of information. Um, I found it, it's obviously, and they structure it for that reason, it was great as an overall rounded knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, it just yep. gave you an insight into the general industry and mainly probably on a commercial scale. Um and also for entire spirits industry. So that's probably one thing that um, I didn't really think when I went into, because I just went into going, yeah, whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. Um, they focused on everything, tequila, vodka, um, brandy, uh, cognac, um, and variants of thereof. Um, and then from that, I was like, when we just started to get a little bit more serious, we decided that I would apply for a... Um, alcohol manufacturer's license, excise license, and yep. what we can set it up in uh, his back shed. <laughs> mm-hmm. This will be fine. What could go wrong? <laughs> we'll, like, we'll, build, we'll build a small still and we'll grow big from there. We'll be able to, we able to um, uh, grow on scale. And very soon we realised that it didn't really matter how much um, we, were, we would grow, um, that that shed would be way too small. Um, for what we wanted to do, and also council wouldn't allow it. But uh, we had already the what that excise manufacturer's license did was it allowed us to start building stills um, because that was one thing that we were really um, we didn't want to go on the wrong side because there had been a case of a, a a bloke down just south of us that had got on the wrong side of the ATO operating outside his license and. Right. Yeah, they yep. came down pretty hard, and we didn't we didn't want to be on the wrong side <laughs> of them. So we were no. like, no, we'll do, we'll do it properly. So we we did the whole thing with the excise license. Did the um, that was out of his shed, and that gave us the capacity to start designing building. So 
what I did then was um, I signed up to the IBD uh, diploma uh, for modules one, two, and three, um, all in one year. Wow. Which I, that's okay. what I, that's I thought, yeah. yeah, I thought, oh, I thought, no, I, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a workload, and when they say 120 hours, that's probably a 120 hours of reading the content. Uh, actually, it's sinking in, and you, you uh, it, yeah, it, and learning things that you have no idea about. Because when they go into the actual diploma thing, that they were, I suppose, it's edged towards senior supervisors and big, big where you can save money in a distillery. Really, um, you're going yeah. through. Um, I've got thermodynamics books and everything just to try and go through their equations. And I oh, was no. like, oh, really? No, what have I done? <laughs> but in saying that, it's been fantastic. Like if that's one little bit of advice that I would probably give is that if you are serious, dead serious about investing your your life and your time, because that's what you're, you're doing if you're, if you're starting. As you guys well and truly know, it's a, you've got to love it. Um, you really do. Um, and any passion that you have for whatever work you do, you've either got to love it, otherwise you're going to resent it. So, um, I, yeah, I, I really, really think if you can educate yourself and spend the time, um, it, it gave what I found it did, and the difference between the general and the diploma is that it gave good bits of information that you could have trolled through the internet and gone on the, uh, the ADI and everything and you could have got a thousand different answers, but you knew this was a, I suppose, a baseline, a textbook answer that gave you something to hang your, ha your hat on and that you could work from there. Obviously, yep. they're, they're working and it's all European and they do talk about other countries and whatnot, um, but it's something, a baseline to work off. They talk about differences in uh, like even um, oaks, different oaks and they talk about the the different the, the different structures in lignin and what flavors you get from that. So as opposed to guessing, I suppose it's and obviously there's variations and it'll never replace experience, but it's something that allows you to I suppose understand the, the language and the lexicon of when people do talk about it, and also understand um, in your own mind when when you do go oh, I'm going to buy that. oh that's why that did that or um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big, it's a big part of it. The, the big um, why. So, so you learn something and you go, okay, but why? And you go, well, that's what we're told. Yeah, but why? And it, it's, yeah, the, it's the whys that keep you going and 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 drilling down and and trying to understand what 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 it's all about. And as you know, mate, the more people you talk to, the dip, more different answers you get. Don't you? It, it's mm. you know, there's some fundamental things, but um, a lot of things are just people's experiences, and and everyone's different. So uh, yeah, and sorry, mate. Carry on. I, I just thought I'd. No, no, that's all right. Sorry, John. Sorry, uh, John. I think it's determining what you want to do. Like it's going to take a bit of time for you to you know understand what you want to do, and you can have the fundamentals there. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. I've yeah. got so many questions that we, you sort of went along there so quickly that I'm trying to make a mental note. Things no, are no, no, that's all right. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, actually, my wife says to me, um, I should ask people when they ask me a question, do you want the long story or the short story? Because I, no, I get, I'm I'm I pay off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 
say if, if you just took a breath and let somebody else get something else in, then we might have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no worries. <laughs> well, I have to get well, out of the um, I'm losing signal. Hold on. What? Um, don't uh, don't uh, you go missing me out, man. Like, no, no, no. It's like last week, right? So uh, we had Ben Osborne on from Local Spirits, right? And we said, okay, Ben, can ask you some questions. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us your story. At the hour and a half mark, we were still on Ben's story, right? It was like, <laughs> fuck. We had all these other questions, but we couldn't ask because Ben's story was so complicated and in-depth. And, and it was really, really cool. So your story is, I must say, I'm quite surprised. Uh, you've really, really gone deep at a very, very early stage uh, to get those fundamentals right. So um, that's really cool, mate. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah I, I suppose um, I, I inherently like to know why things happen. Um, so from an aviation background, ex-army ex and then um, rotary wing and fixed wing, I like to know why things happen. And um, I find that it, um, I'm a pretty simple person, but if I know why it's happening, it makes more sense to me. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. So, yeah, I... I suppose when, when it went to this is going to be my livelihood, I don't know if I've, I've told everyone. I spoke to the guys before. I've got uh, four, four children. Um, and when I had a problem with my eye from, from flying, it stopped me flying completely. Yep. And I suppose it really, really hit home that um, they're completely dependent on me. Um, so that's yep. when I was like, you know what, if, if we are going to do this seriously – I want to throw myself in full heartedly and, and learn as much as I can. Um, and, and that's not, not even just IBD, but like doing the, I've got some books here, uh, like the craft malts, malters guild. Um, I'll branch out that maybe a bit later, but just with the farm and, and craft malting um, and these, I don't know if you guys have had any to do with the, the, oh, yeah. so the malt, the yeast, the water, and the hops. The water one is fantastic yep. um, for brewing and whatnot. Um, they've been fantastic books. And obviously, I'm not doing it on a commercial scale at the moment. And where where I suppose I see a lot of difference is with the brewing and the distilling. Um, yeah, yeah. That, it, it, it actually blew my mind. The more I got into it, the more I realized how different they actually really are um from from the set the start yeah they use the similar ingredient at the start but how different um even the processes and whatnot yeah mm. Mate, you, you've, you've, you've absolutely nailed a topic there right because we often hear our oh, whiskey is just made from beer yeah it's not <laughs> the ingredients are the same but it's not the process is different they the, the finesse of making a wash mm. and the finesse of making a beer, two totally different animals. 100%, 100%. And yeah. how, you, how you let that interaction work with uh, whether you want yeah, yeast or um, you want bacterial or whatever, however you want to let that go, yeah. beer needs a shelf life. <laughs> uh, distilling, we can let it get as, or let it get as funky as you need to to get the the esters or, yep. or congeners, whatever you want to pull off it, that's that's up to you. So, yeah, 
I suppose, and then you don't have to drink that. <laughs> it then goes through still. So we're probably yeah. lucky in that regard. You've got a lot more flexibility to try and get a broader range, albeit, yes, it's got to go through the same process. But I think there's there's some pretty cool things that can happen. And then the interaction, again, with the wood um, at the end. I, I yeah, really, really think there's a, there's a lot that can be done or well, and as yeah, you guys will understand that anyway, but there's so much that can happen with your your base spirit that comes off off the yep. still, and then how that in the interaction that you have with the wood. You can have three the same exactly the same spirit in or sorry exactly the same barrels and three different spirit runs, and that that time that temperature just completely changes it. Um. And the ABV strength just blew my mind that you, the guys, for example, in the US put in their, their spirit in higher because it then de or decreases, decreases and decreases or sorry, the other way around, sorry, putting it lower and then increasing, increasing because of the humidity in the temp um, yep. and then drawing off different flavors. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I'll stop talking. It's, it's, it's a deep dive, and I'm going to pull us out of this deep dive because there's some people that be watching and going, oh, fuck, they're off. They're off, right? This, this is a deep dive technical. So let's, let's, let's change direction. Um, John, what's your comment mate. on brewing as a – yeah, you, mate, you. As a Tasmanian, yeah. what's, your yeah. what's your concept of brewing and impact of flavour, and, and where are you going with your distillery nowadays in that, in that regard? It's not about me though, right? Like we're um, it is now because I just made it. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's, it's we're, we're throw John under the bus. Let's throw John yeah, under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready for these sort of questions. Oh, I'm here to <laughs> ask the questions for time of myself. Sorry, what's the question? So look, what what was the question? Buff, I forgot the question. What's the question? <laughs> the question the question is so there, there's different schools of thought, right? Um, yep. And one of the schools of thought is it's all about the barrels. Another school of thought is it's all about the spirit. Another school yep. of thought is brewing is so fundamental. And it, if you're not doing the brewing and you're not controlling those flavor levers, yeah, uh, okay. you're restricting right. yourself. Yeah. And I'm not having yeah, a, how, no, how, let me Let me just add, a, add another uh, comment. I am just commenting that these are different ways of making whiskey. Yeah. And, and everyone's got a different take on the whole thing. But the brewing so is obviously is a, down yeah. here. We started buying in wash from Mubra at the time. Very quickly, we wanted to do our own brewing in house because we think that is such an important step of the flavour that's coming off your still. Um, yep. You know, like we are still experimenting with different yeast. We're exper experimenting with different uh, different grains just to try and work out the perfect new make spirit. That's what we want off the still. Um, yep. We're what six, seven years old. We still haven't worked it out, but we're still doing a lot of that experimentation, and and we know the flavor profile we want at the end, and it can make all the difference with the ferment, especially the ferment. Like with the mash, yes, to a certain extent that will do so much. The yeast you use on the ferment, how you treat the ferment into the low wines makes a lot of difference in the final spirit. Um, for us, it's it's more just about wanting to do as much of it as we can. It's about the story and the origin of the whiskey and what we're doing and. And Lynn, I, I think I read on your website you were planning on doing paddock to bottle, which I think is so such a unique thing to do. And that's we want to do the same thing here. Not obviously we're not going to put a fucking crop down here, but um, you know the owners of 
farm out in Coal River Valley and we're planning on doing paddock to bottle to some extent because for us it's not about pushing volume out the door. It's just about making making a wash that we love, a spirit that we love, and wood that we like into a final product that we really, really like and selling it to people that might enjoy it. Um, yep. To be able to say that's from our, our barley, then, you know, that's just another layer. It's about the story and just being able to put as much as we can into this product. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. Actually, um, John, you touched on it. So, Linton, you may want to comment on this, this paddock to bottle. So straight yeah. out of the straight out of the out of the starting blocks, you're talking about paddock to bottle. That's yep. something which takes. Uh, you really got to understand what you're doing. You really got to have an agricultural background or, or or work with people who understand the land. That's a ballsy move, mate. Why'd you Why'd you start going that way straight off the bat? Yeah, look, I I grew up on a cereal uh, irrigation dairy farm out of Blighty, New South Wales. Um, and so, yeah, everything from rice, wheat, barley. Uh, and best mate still lives out there now. Uh, they've got about five, 6,000 hectares of irrigated land. Um, and for ages, I, I always wanted to go back to to grassroots, going going back to, to farming. And my wife's from this area, just south, just south of Sydney. And we pretty much went back out there and... She was like, no way. <laughs> so we had to compromise somewhere. And then when the idea with the brewery distillery came in and that big important thing of having a point of difference, uh, we're like, well, why don't I grow the barley? Why can't we tie this together? So we spent probably about four years looking for a piece of land. Um, yeah. And the pretty much the crux of it is we didn't want to lease the land. Uh, because we knew how much infrastructure uh, would be required to put into the actual piece of land and whatnot. And finally, um, we were lucky enough that uh, we had a, a lovely um, a lovely husband and wife. They were able to, to offer a, an old dairy that they had. Um, and it, it ends up being about uh, 16 acres um, nice. that we were able to subdivide off. And it, I'll go into this a bit later, but that whole process with the subdivision and everything else that we wanted to do with it took a long time. But coming back to the actual paddock to bottle aspect, it was always an important part that um, being on a farm, it was a, it's a rural aspect. And that's, that's our point of difference that we can grow, not just the barley, but we're doing gin. So we can grow a lot of the botanicals and not just botanicals, but, we have so we're, we're a subtropical, um, warm, temperate climate here, and we actually are, we're a really different area where we actually are like a little bubble um, of a subtropical region. So we have the potential to grow a lot of different botanicals, and we have a lot of good native botanicals. Uh, right. So we've we've had a, uh, a few regen or a regen consult uh, a consultant come in and catalog everything on the property. So we'd be growing. Uh, native botanicals uh hops that are that we can grow in this area and and barley we can't grow rye we can't grow wheat it's too close to the coast um and we just won't get the drying from it um it, it just it, we can't, you wouldn't it wouldn't be useful for us to do but in saying that uh as i spoke about before with my best mate still being out there and he's only an hour and a half south of uh stew at voyager so yep. and he has his own trucking company and that and that. So 
pretty much we've we've part we can partner with them or we've partnered with them that they can put in whatever we want, uh, be it rye, wheat, barley, and we can truck it up to Voyager and they can malt. So we can we can say whatever whatever variety we'd like, um, and yeah, malt it to whatever we like, and then so whatever we ca- I can't supplement from from here, being not a barley growing region, um, yep. we'll still separate what we have here. So we'll probably put about uh, about a hectare under um, under crop, and right. I have um, which which yields about it's irrigated so it's irrigated we've got pretty good rainfall here and i'm only looking after a hectare so it should be quite high yielding albeit if we don't have a year like this year where it's wet (laughs) um because i'd still be waiting for it to dry off uh but we should be expecting around six ton um for that hectare six to eight ton and then you've got malting losses and whatnot so even if we came out with four ton of malted barley which we're wanting to malt that on that'll be malted on site. Uh, we've got an yeah. old, say, floor malting on site. Wow. At the end of the day, that's that barley there is a reflection of the, the provenance of that property. It might not be the best malting barley in the world. It may not be. It, it's it's a malting barley that re- is a reflection of that property. Where we will we have full say with what, we, what other barley and other um, uh, adjuncts that we use will come from our uh, yeah, our other sister company out there that can actually grow on a larger scale, um, but in saying that though, we're not we're not looking at grow at at making megatons worth of um, of spirit. We're we're only at, at this stage we have a four hundred liter pot still, um, yeah. and then we have um, we have a uh, a pilot spirit still that we built as a one third replica of our spirit still. Um, so it's right. only 60, 67 litres, but that's one-third of an 1,800-litre spirit still. So that's one-third scale size, not volume size. Um, no. And that's Rude. their stills that we, we built our uh, – we we designed um, and then did the – I suppose did the work behind to, um, to water jet cut them and then have them either pressed or rolled and then, uh, yeah, copper welded. Wow. Um, I'd I'd just like to say, John, I I, I think it's fair to say, as a Tasmanian, you would acknowledge that New South Wales were kicking ass on the uh, the whiskey front. Would you you like to comment on that? Well, what what fucking choice do I have? It's your stream. (laughs) (laughs) You you really put me between a rock and a hard place. Uh, Look, I think Australian craft spirits, Australian whiskey as a whole and spirits as a whole is kicking ass. Like we're all yes. all in this together. We're all working together. Absolutely, um, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's amazing. Um, there's a lot of camaraderie, which makes it a lot easier to to do than any other industry I've worked in. Um, so I just want to. I actually had a question about your stills because you said you were making them yourself. So I wondered if you were actually making them yourself from hand. But it sounds like you designed them, got them fabricated. Is that right? And so, what's your yeah. plan for stills? You've got a, a six hundred now, I think you said, and planning for an 1800 spirit still so we, we have a we have a 400 liter which we designed a, a few years back um and uh it was welded from a, a mate who's a, a pressure pipe welder um and they have a fabrication shop um just up the road and pretty much it, it was i suppose being the first one it was the trial still could we do this year we wanted to try and 
keep as much as we could here um, in Australia, um, mainly because what, wherever you went, it was like, well, if it was under 3,000 litres, it's, it's going offshore. We wouldn't even consider building it here. That was back then too, so a few years ago. Um, so 400 litre, our, our then, I suppose, the design aspect of it was, was that 400 litre would actually be our gin still. Uh, we have a gin basket that we've um, made and designed um, and that then our spirit still would be 1,800 litres and our uh, wash still would be 2,500 litres. Now, being a, a, we're not flush with cash. We're, it's only two, two mates. Um, we're, we're pretty much starting skint. Um, now, a lot of the funds that we had has gone into the property and also the infrastructure of property and probably what I'll allude to later is the red tape and regulation of actually getting uh, like buy, purchasing a piece of land, to, a piece of rural land to put a distillery on uh, and a brewery on because there's not many in New South Wales. Uh, and if they are, if there are, they were probably put there more than five, six years ago. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's probably our design for pot still wise. Um, now the 400 litre is on a worm tub. Um, yep. And it was mainly I wanted, I suppose I, I was looking more for flavour um, with yep. that. Um, and So you're after a, quite a, a, a very uh, rich, earthy, heavy spirit. That's the type of spirit you're yeah. looking at producing? Well, that was designed because that one was designed as our gin still. So I wanted oh, wow. the wanted the aspect of having that. Uh, with I didn't want to I suppose I wanted the aspect with the oils uh, effectively, the our spirit yeah. still um, is a um, a shell and tube, uh, and so is our wash still. Uh, when when they come about, okay. they they don't exist at the moment. Those two, the eighteen hundred liter and the two and a half thousand liter, don't exist. Um, yep. They're designed, right. but they don't exist. Yep. Um, and so fl yeah, flavor wise. That's sort of what yeah, we, we were looking for. Um, I suppose we wanted a gin. Um, we wanted flexibility with our first still, our 400 litre still. Um, and the yep. worm tub gave us that, A, a for cost wise, um, because I didn't have to <laughs> braise uh, a, thousand, <laughs> a thousand little uh, divider plates or yep. <laughs> well. Um, but yeah, it gave us a lot of flexibility, I suppose. Sorry, I'm trying um, to work out my little thing. No, it's, it's all terrible. Probably, no right answer for that. Um, yeah, anyway, so I just want to circle back to what you said. You go. Oh, that's clear. Uh, I just want to circle back. Like, firstly, I, I do want to say it's. Um, I love the fact you're doing paddock to bottle. I think it, it's awesome. Yep. Um, and don't let Crafty sort of put you off by him being a no, fucker. about it. Um, <laughs> so my other question was from the story you started earlier. So... You've got your 400 litre still. Are you producing yep. spirit now? Like, where are you at with all this? Where, you know, you touched on red tape earlier, and we don't want to have a big discussion about red tape, but you can tell us about the troubles you've had. But are you producing? Have you made some spirit? Have you put it down? Where are you no. at with your story? So, so the still itself, um, we, we were going to commission the still. Uh, and then when this piece of land came up, it got put on the back burner. Um, and the main the main reason being that because with this new piece of land, we would have to change uh, into an actual company. And then the ATO regulation then pretty much became the, um, the issue, I suppose, that 
if we were to produce spirit uh, at that site, it would then have to be moved under bond and we would have to actually commission it there. And it was going to create a bit of an issue of trying to create um, or, or run the still there. So no, no spirits run through, through the 400 litre at all. So this right. is bare bones from the start. No, nothing's run through it at all. Um, so how long have you been on the property that you're planning on building a distillery on? Like, when did all this happen, the purchase? Yeah. So um, it was – It's been, we only got approval uh, about a month and a half ago, and that was after three years – or two and a half years with council. Wow. So when, when I – yeah, the first meeting I had with – the current owner was over three years ago. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Mate, you're showing tenacity, that's for sure. So, yeah. so what have you been doing for the last three years? <laughs> <laughs> so last three years, so I, and that's why I used the opportunity to study, but, uh, um, yeah, project managed the, I suppose, the which it probably doesn't sound much, but uh, the, the actual preparing the development you i would never have thought it would involve so much there's jobs that i i didn't even know existed um but i suppose like we've had probably 13 different consultants the property itself doesn't help that out at all because it's it borders onto a uh what used to be the minamar river or a river which goes out to the ocean uh so there's crown land involved there's old crown land titles there's um, flood areas in the bottom there it's it's an old old lot so there's lots and lots of varied things and and also too this is the first thing that they'd ever had and in new south wales itself i know that you said don't allude to red tape but that's really what has held this whole thing up and our yeah, whole thing yeah. even there's no there was no one else going oh yes like there's no sewer on site for example so but our whole premise of the farm is to be a sustainable innovation farm and yep. to yep. almost be a, a closed loop or an 80% closed loop system. So a, like a circular wow. economy, whatever we can create, any nutrients or energy, we can try and keep on property, yeah. if that makes sense. So yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of study into not just distilling, but um, waste systems um, yeah. and whatnot. So, and then over the past year, because there's been a um, – there's been – a company that's actually leased the land we've made an agreement with them that we could use where the sheds are so then we've been tidying up and whatnot at the sheds but yeah. apart yeah. from design phase and actually cutting ground we won't be able to cut ground until about april may this year um yeah. we're, we're still waiting for our cc um for that aspect but things like fire like the bfsa from so tasmania i'm sure have a similar sort of thing uh, in regards to bushfire regulation. So they've only just changed the bushfire regulation. So now farmland's included in that. So all your buildings have to be Bell 12.5. And um, it, there's just reg, reg, regulation, regulation, regulation. Uh, it blows my mind that yeah. there's any industry in Australia. But, yeah. yeah um, but you're on the home stretch now, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hang in there. Yeah, so now yeah. like, come on. <laughs> like, is right. Like, is right. You're, you've, you've done all this hard work. You've jumped over the hurdles, and now you're on the home stretch. So April, May. Yeah. Hopefully, you can. Well, look, you say April, May. Let's be realistic. It'll be like September, October. You'll be able to turn that still on. 
Yeah, uh, I say yeah, April May for starting the build. So I'm actually oh, thinking this this time next year. So um, is yeah, when right. yeah, we wow. kick the in into gear, and that it's just because I would like uh, asked me three years ago, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, th- three months." I would like our builders like, "Yep, six months. Yep, that won't be an issue." Because really, it's just a big shed. Really, that's what a big shed that's yeah. uh, pretty up. Um, and and that's off off an existing old 18, 1880s shed, um, old barn, um, which would yeah. be our like whiskey cigar room sort of thing. But <laughs> there's <laughs> there's just so yeah, so much bloody. you're you're showing your yeah. This is really good, right? This is really good because. You're coming at it from a perspective of you're right at the start of the journey, right? And a lot of people who are very interested in getting into this industry uh, think, hey, I can come into this industry. I can make a a shit ton of money. Um, It's a pretty straightforward process. It's not. And it's getting harder and harder and harder, right? Um, The one thing you've got to have, and it's just my own personal opinion, but the one thing you've got to have front and center above anything else is a passion for what you're doing. Because if you yeah. don't have that passion, you will fall at the first hurdle. You won't have the, the tenacity, the persistence. And you're showing it straight off the bat, mate. You're, yeah. When you finally, finally turn on your still, uh, you're going to burst out into tears. <laughs> There'll be, uh, I don't know if anyone will make it to barrels. I think I'll just be here. Put it on the outside of that <laughs> celebration. It'll be a still party. Yeah, it'll be a still party. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, in it, all, it, oh, here's crafting. Yeah. Okay. You go. No, go. Go, mate. No, hey, in all honesty, yeah, it's just it's you need you need a big passion for it and you need a driving force because yeah. I, I suppose if it's anything you do in life, at the end of the day, yeah. there was there. I could say there'd be a hundred different things that would make you go, why are we doing this? And I, I tell you now, consultants, if they're, if they're going to write a report for you, 1500 bucks, if it's the most simple report, if they need to come out the site, may as well add another thousand dollars to it. If they actually need to do anything and not just copy cut, it's going to be three and a half, four thousand. Lot. Yeah. It just blows. And also watch consultants, consultants, it, they can take you down a long, 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 long path. And if you have no one to parity check that, um, yeah. you will just be forking, 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 forking it out. And it, it, we almost got caught on one occasion, which I'm, I, we've been quite lucky actually um, with yeah, how it's gone. There, there was one occasion where we were pretty much told that we had to have a contamination report for, the, for a farm to use it as a farm. And which we did, we had it, and they said, "Oh, we believe that there is contamination, so it needs to go to a phase two, which involved bringing in core drillers and excavators for a cost of thirty grand." And I said, yeah, "Surely not." So then we took it to someone else, and he said, "It should never have gone to this at all." Why? Yeah. So and it ended up costing us eighteen hundred dollars. So <laughs> oh, yeah. you yeah, just got to no, back so most people are brilliant out there really really good and when they hear what you want to do and if you're passionate about they get passionate about it but um yeah there's some out there that you've yeah you just watch your back (laughs) parody check one 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 thing you'll find and john will vouch for this um you know the industry we're in is a small tight 
community, right? Yeah. And we've all had our our issues, um, but it is a very collegial industry, and a lot of us subscribe to the you know the philosophy of Bill Lark: a rising tide floats all boats or all ships. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of support out there. You know, there's a lot of people who talk to other distillers and go, mate, I'm fucked. I need some advice here. What, what, can, what can you tell me? And people share information. So uh, never, ever feel like you're alone, right? You yeah. never, never, this yeah. is just my advice, never feel like, Jesus, I'm facing a problem that no one else has faced. Guarantee there's someone out there that's faced the same problem. So a problem <laughs> shared, mate, a problem shared. You're, pro you're probably looking at one of them right now. <laughs> Actually, I'm not and on that note, on that note, we, we're about Sorry, to throw you're, you're Todd under the bus. No, not roll the little. Come on, where is it? Where's the end? And now it's time for throw the Todd, the Todd under, under the bus. The bus. I love that. <laughs> All right. So this is our segment where we throw Todd under the bus. And he has a series of questions. And go, Todd. Hang on. I've just – everyone's dropped out on me. <laughs> oh, rubbish. You've got to love it when I have to throw myself under the bus. Although this entire evening <laughs> has been one big <laughs> throw under the bus. You, you've done well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, no, it's not over yet. <laughs> so, I just want to bring up because one oh, of the under the buses was was bringing something up early, and um, and no one picked up on it. So, I just want to ask this question here to start with. Go. So, right. is what type what type of barrels will be used down the track? No worries. Um, no, I didn't get any of that. Did anyone else? Yeah. We all did, I think. Yeah. Just you, Crafty. <laughs> yeah, it's so, just you, Crafty. I have to get out of the bloody Hold on. I'm mute? out of the ute. Oh, <laughs> you, you, you can always put yourself on mute to start with. <laughs> hold on. Uh, I'm out of the ute. I'll hold on for you, mate. Yeah. Inside secret. Uh, I really need a mute button on him in the, in the distillery, really. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Yeah. Oh, this is you a there? good telly, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yes, we're here. How you going? Can you hear us? <laughs> it really... Must be the wind out here. Okay. Well, yeah. well, well while you saw your stuff out, get an answer to this question. I mean, like, yeah. he's not important. Yeah, no worries. Oh, he can watch the replay. That'd be tomorrow. right. Todd throws <laughs> throw Todd on the bus, and I can't hear a damn thing. Right, and All I right. can't bloody mute him like always. Oh, you can't mute him. Oh, I can hear you now. Hey. So um, <laughs> silence is a virtue, crafty. Right, um, okay. Talk quick. So, so yeah, Todd barrels will be using. It's the wind. So I was. I've gone down the line of, um, I suppose, going to bigger barrels. We're quite, co we're only about 1.9 k's from the coast here, so um, we've we've got, I suppose, quite a lot of fluctuation and uh, quite a bit of humidity here too. Um, and so, we, yeah, we have a lot of big southerly buses that come through as well. 
so I've gone for larger barrels. Um, at the moment, we've got um, oh, that we've got coming through. We've got four just standard ASBs. Uh, two have yep. been um, re, um, uh, recharged. And so I think two are from, I want to say, more uh, four roses. And the other two were, I can't remember the other two. But uh, then we've also got, uh, in waiting, we've got a um, Moscatel 500-litre sherry butt and a uh, and two 300-litre um, Durenberg punchins um, that had a tawny in them. And I'll... Mainly wanting to use them for sleep, for, I suppose, for sleep, is I want to put some long-term stuff down. But what I found was that mm, a, a lot of good. a lot of fellas, everybody, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I found that yeah. smaller barrels were creating uh, probably a bit more issues for a lot of people, um, yeah. and especially with how much um, variation or temperature and humidity variation that we have. That the, the wood was working anyway, so why why increase your surface area? Um, yeah, so I suppose very simply, uh, I think from memory to the Darenberg were French oaks. Um, the Moscatel was a Spanish oak, and the others were all just um, American oak. So, so it doesn't sound like you have like a distinct plan to go all ex bourbon or all wine cask or all fortified. You're just sort of going to work out what works for you and and, and well, play I, around with it. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah. Um. So, and I suppose because mainly because our I suppose our difference is our is our grain um and our malt. Um, so what we can pull off our our property will be the point of difference. I and I wanted something with a bit of variation um, from just going and, and also limiting myself to, well, our flavor is um, um, big sherry bombs. And it's like, well, I've now got to pay $1,600 for a sherry cast <laughs> or a sherry barrel. So I, yeah. I, yeah, we w- wanted a bit more flexibility in there um, and, and we're not big. So seasonal, seasonal releases of, yeah. of different things and then moving that into our brewery and that as well. So, yeah, giving ourselves flexibility, and um, yeah, that was pretty much the what I was looking for flexibility. <laughs> yeah. And um, the whole is sustainability thing. Yep. How how are you approaching that? Yeah, so it's been very interesting, um, and it probably ties into a lot more things than what we usually think. Uh, even to the point of so our shirts here. Um, as much as we can, we try and use sustainable items or um, sustainable practices uh, as best we can. Obviously, there becomes a, a, an economic point as well. Uh, it'd be nice to have all the money in the world and make everything as sustainable as possible, but we have to draw yeah. a line somewhere. So wherever we can, uh, this is um, ethically sourced organic cotton. You obviously pay a lot more for them, but we only have a few and we wear them for... <laughs> Special events. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but think, <laughs> mainly coming back onto the farm. So our practices for the farm, for example, um, we've gone right into, I don't know if you've heard of a thing called key line design um, or so PA, a fellow called PA Yeoman, um, a designer practice called key line design. And it just comes down to um, 
utilizing a better subsoil of uh, water, water flow within your property and utilizing the water that falls onto your actual land um, and then structuring our paddocks in a way that what they call work on the key line. So it comes slightly off contour. So we're running water from uh, the highest point on a valley to the lowest point on a ridge, the ridge being the driest point on a paddock. So we're not, I'm not being like as in putting like a big swale valley or anything, but we have this thing called a subsoiler, which has, ours has three tines and it digs in below and we run just slightly off the contour. And when the water falls on it, it falls onto there. And um, then we're able to, to be more efficient with our water use on the property. So uh, we then have uh, alley cropping as well, that this is planned um, that we're, we're planning or we're cutting in as well. So, we have other production trees on the property that run uh, on our paddocks. So we have 15-metre spaces on our paddocks, and then we have about a one-and-a-half to three-metre tree line. And those tree lines have production trees like avocados, macadamia, uh, whatnot, as future-proofing trees. And then we have uh, plant uh, a bush planting in front of it which has things like um, uh, native raspberries and other botanicals like that. Um from a sustainable point of view, everything from the distillery brewery you want to use back onto actual farm. So the usual things like your your draft or um, your spent spent grains. That sorry, it's a bit windy here now. <laughs> Just yep. picked up. Um, that will be we've, we have cattle, so we have um, strip grazing on our on those paddocks as well. So uh, we have a certain amount of cattle um, that we can graze within a, like a, a thousand square meters and they'll move pretty much daily or depending on how fast the grass grows uh, and then we have a one or two day break between that and then we have chickens the chickens come in yep. and they will eat all the maggots so it reduces our fly loading on the farm but it also scatters a lot of the nutrient onto the paddock um it, yep. it, they eat a lot of other uh, insects and whatnot too um and it's it's brilliant for your pasture and also for carbon sequestration into your soil so then they work as a system itself. The cattle get used in our on-site uh, kitchen. So we, we don't slaughter that. We wouldn't, we're not planning to slaughter that many cattle, probably one, yep. one head per month. Um, everything gets utilised So it, to the point where the hide gets tanned. It costs more to do that. But at the same time, everything's getting used. So uh, we can send a request to the abattoir for all the blood and bone from that, from that cow as well, or that um, beast as well. So... Uh, all the blood uh, and bone will actually then go back onto the property. Um, our, and it goes on on set rates as well. So there's a set, there's a, a way to do it correctly sort of thing. Um, but then all our wastewater, we have our own on-site wastewater system as well. So all our distillery wash down wastewater, it then goes into a holding tank and then through a, a reed filtration. And then we have a, a, a big 1929 um, or building 1929 windmill uh, which pumps all our wastewater back up to the top of the hill, uh, which is a big header tank up there, and that's used as irrigation water um, for everything else, so all our trees and all our um, our pasture and that as well. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we wanted initially to have a worm farm on site um, for a sustainability point of view as well, so we can utilise all our nutrients, but uh, regulations then don't allow in a commercial setting for you not to have a uh, chlorinator or a uh, pretty much a filtration system which kills all the 
living organisms in the anyway. So it makes it null void. You, there's no point of doing it. You spend more money and achieve less. Um, so yeah, pretty much <laughs> from a sustainability point of view, our uh, our our systems. Um, so reducing less water. Uh, we have we're, um, we're we're having four uh, hundred and sixty thousand liter uh, tanks on site, even though we have town water. Um, but our roof roof space is that big that it, it makes sense to capture as much as we can. Um, because two years ago, before like now, it's obviously nice and green and everything. But two and a half years ago, it was bone dry. Um, the paddocks were no one had ever seen it this dry. All the creeks were dried up. The it, it was we're known for green, lush pasture here, and it was it was brown, crispy. Mm. Um, it just and I suppose it, it guys farmers were buying water from from town in truckloads just to feed just to water um, their cattle. Yeah, yeah. So. I suppose right home, everyone, we're used to on average about a 13, 1400 mil um, average rainfall. So it definitely, it definitely hit home. <laughs> um, yeah, so just yeah, from a sustainability point of view, just trying to future proof and um, as much as we can cycle back on ourselves and close back on ourselves, we will. Um, and well, nothing. We can say you haven't thought of absolutely fucking everything because you've just listed everything that I would even consider was like sustainable. <laughs> um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. incredible the amount of planning that you've put into this. Oh, uh, cheers, yeah. mate. Mm. No, so, yeah. I suppose I've had a long exciting. time. Yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be <laughs> good I mean, to I see the journey It's, um, mm. yeah, incredible to oh, hear look. that sort of, you know, your your passion just oozes in what you're doing with, with this, with this development. So... Um, no, I think, yeah, once it's up and running, it's just going to be absolutely mind blowing. Uh, mm. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And uh, look, I'd, it, any advice from you fellas, I'd really love to take on board too. Like I've been listening to you guys, and, I'm, and I know Combi, um, the offside, he, he's definitely been <laughs> um, listening to these too. And um, it's so helpful having guys like yourself um, pass on because obviously you've had years and years of experience as well. Um, You'd I, be surprised, really. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to have a dig at at uh at Crafty, but he's not here. Um, no, he's I know here. What a lot of his a lot of his things. He says that he's he's the one of the last smell of the oily rag distilleries. But yeah, I want we, to we challenge. Might, you. We might have, yeah, I think that we might have found someone else. <laughs> I want to challenge you. <laughs> I, I just want to put it out there over the waves that um they throw me under the bus and then both my presenters have disappeared. So. John and I are running the show now. <laughs> so um, I do I do want to circle back a little bit. I don't know how long you got. I don't want to keep you. Um, you we no, talked no. about passion earlier, and obviously you've you've got the passion in uh making a making a great product, whether it's beer or whiskey. Uh, passion to to provide for your family. You touched on that, like you know, you want to be a provider. Well, you know, we're all providers. That's what we do. We've got to provide for someone, yeah. right? What? Yeah. So are you using the last few years as an excuse to drink as much whiskey as possible? Is that what you're doing? Because, I mean, every day I use working in the industry an excuse to to drink. As, I mean, not as much as possible, but as many variants of whiskey and gin and vodka as possible. So 100%. you touched on Laphroaig earlier. You're a, you're a big Laphroaig fan. So what's your, what's your go-to whiskey? What do you drink? What do you love? Have you tried Australian whiskeys? Do you have a standout? Don't say crafty. I'll be really upset. Um, 
Right. Yeah. Um, no, no, great question. Uh, so I suppose what I did from the start, um, this would have been in when 2017. So when we first uh, got our ATA thing, it was like, I need to explore whiskey because at that stage I was like, oh, I like Petey whiskeys from Isla. I like Isla whiskeys. And I was like, well, that's really not good enough. I can't can't go, well, I'm gonna make an Isla whiskey here. It doesn't work. So uh, I joined the actual I joined the whiskey club. I thought that might be yep. a good way of trying to not spend and also getting away from just going, well, this is what Dan Murphy's has and this yeah. is what he is sort of gonna get. So um I, yes, I have been uh, using this last two, three years as an excuse to drink lots, not just whiskey, but also vodka, gin. I love gin. I love vodka, um, beer, wine, everything. <laughs> but it's, a, <laughs> it's counterproductive sometimes because when you do need to study and you're like, oh, I'll have a whiskey, I'll have a whiskey. You're like, oh, that was really good. So I've, I've sort of got to tame myself a little bit sometimes. But I probably have – my wife laughs actually, so – I'll, I'll branch off a little bit and I'll, I'll definitely will cover it. Um, when, so to do this thing, we actually sold our house uh, in Jamboree and we're actually, we're in with them. This is the mother-in-law's house at the moment. And uh, when we moved here uh, back at the other place, I had a whiskey shelf and at the time it had probably about 40, 50 whis- different whiskeys on it from around the world. And when we got here, I was like, there's nowhere for them. So we converted the old carport into our bedroom and then I built two shelves above our bed. <laughs> now, when I say two shelves, there's two shelves either side and these are about three metres long each and they're all full of whiskey at the moment. So I, have to, I, I do tame myself because obviously, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not that flush. But Australian whiskey is like I, I've got different spirits in that at the moment. So I've got uh, just, just here because I'm outside my wife got me this one a little while ago. It's a whiskey from um, the, the guys at Hartman. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, and that's that's a really interesting because I like the um, – we really – that was something we were very interested in trying to do here. Unfortunately, we don't have a big enough cheese maker um, because this is a dairy region. We're on a dairy yep. farm, and we used old dairy vats for our open-top fermentation. I should I didn't say that, sorry. Um, we're using old dairy vats, not on the brewing side, but just on the – distilling yep. side um so it was something that we we're very interested in trying to do with uh cow's milk vodka um but it's at yep. this stage it's still uh on on the other side so uh i've got uh five nines um yep. and then Where's yeah your hobart, grab your hobart whiskey bottle and hold it up for us all to see uh, I don't <laughs> have one it's, it's finished in the bin <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan so, Murphy's so what you, 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 um, go, you go out, you order a dram. Like, what are you going? You're going Scotch, you're going Australian, Japanese. What do you go to? Oh, so my my uh, point that I try and make is that if I'm in a place that has a distillery, I'll drink their whiskey. So, yep. like, or from around that region. So, if I go out uh, Huntaway, I'll drink their region. But if I go to even out west sort of thing and there might be the closest distillery i'll try and find uh yeah, because cool. what i found is a lot of the craft guys they all have that 100 100k radius that they try that we all try and do that that you don't not we're not going that big so we stay with a 100k radius that's a doable distance um so i yep. like to try and if i can i'll buy a bottle of that and and come back so um i don't 
it sounds really bad. I don't really have a go-to. What I, what I do have is I've got those four shelves above our bed, but then I have an old an old antique uh, 1930s whiskey cabinet. And on top of that is all the bottles that get below one third go onto that. <laughs> so I try and slowly wake my way through that. But there's, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't really have a, a, a go to, and it, it changes too. Like I don't mind a pipe or a cigar. Um, and it, it depends too. If, I, if I'm having a cigar, I'll be like, oh, I might, that, that'll pair really, really nicely with it. Or if I'm, it, it depends if it's really hot, it, it changes what I'll go for a gin. Right. Or, yeah. So yeah, that's right. That's cool. There's, there's yeah. no right answer. I was just curious whether you were ah, no, finding yeah, yeah, I don't whiskey, have a... whiskey or you're still drinking a lot of Isla <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> it's just um, Hobart. That's all I like. Just Hobart, yeah. <laughs> no, you were down in Tasmania in 2016. Have you been back since then? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was, so actually, our honeymoon was, uh, which was actually 2015. So honeymoon was in 2015 down there. 2016, yeah. I think. When did I come back down? We came back down one more time, but no. Other that, other than that, I haven't been back down. I would love to have, but sort of COVID. Yeah. Uh, COVID. Uh, oh, actually, that's that's a lie. Flying, I had been down there a lot. So I used to fly for Jetstar, and we'd fly into Lon Launceston yeah. and Hobart all the time, mm. but. No overnighters. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. If, well, you know, I, I think you might be due for another trip in uh down to Hobart. So um, leave the four children with the mother-in-law, and uh, <laughs> you know, pack the bag and go down. We're fine. Thanks I very think much. No, yeah. hmm. Thank you. No, 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 I don't think she'll mind. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I'd love to. Thank you. And likewise, if you guys are up this way, obviously there's not much here, but we've got. The, the farm's there and there's a there's a lot of cool different places around here to go and have a look at. So we're only an hour and a half south of Sydney. Um, yeah, definitely love to have you all. It sounds like a good trip. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Do we'll you guys... Sorry. Sorry, go. I was going to say, do you have any... Um, been at the very, very start and you guys have obviously seen um, a, a lot further into the picture... Do you have any ad advice for us going forward um, from the start in regards to, uh, I suppose, setting goals or not going too big too early or, or be stick to a plan or I suppose it's a pretty broad question. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I think um, everybody, the best thing about the Australian distilling industry is we're all good mates. We all get along. We can... Yeah. We can shoot the shit and we can give each other shit, but it's all in jest. Uh, there's a few outliers in every every single industry, um, but 99% of the industry, we're all good mates. So I, I tried to send a private chat earlier. Like, first thing is, if you've got any questions, give me a call. Pick up the phone, give me a call. Don't SMS yeah. me, don't email me, because I'll just lose it. I'll forget it and you won't hear yeah. it. Just give me a call. Um, pick my brain. Um, but by no means do I know everything that's going on. Like, we all have yeah. challenges and half the time I deal with it and I don't know, still don't know what the fuck's going on. I just get through the, just the hurdles. Um, yeah. But there's there's no advice anyone can give you. You've got a, you've got your vision. You've got your big picture on what you're trying to create. And it sounds absolutely phenomenal what you're doing. And I love the sound of it. Um, so all you can do is work towards that. And you're going to have challenges. You're going to have hurdles. You're going to have these speed bumps. And you'll have the these days where you go home and you're like, fuck it, I give up, I don't want to do this. But 
you, you'll keep doing it because fuck, what else are you going to do? You can't fly anymore. So, um, yeah. you know, this is you. It sounds like you've put your whole heart and soul into this, which I think is the best advice. Like you've got to, you've almost got to be all in or not at all. Um, and it sounds like you are. So you'll mm. you'll make your own journey. You'll make your own story. You'll have challenges. I guess my only advice I can give is reach out, like Crafty said, to other people when you have challenges. We've all faced it. We all have shit going on. And, you know, I reckon every day I'll go home and have to have a drink because, like, fuck this shit, you know. Um, <laughs> so, you know that's just part of the job. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've you any other advice. Well, you know, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, just st- stick to your own plan. Don't, don't, don't try and compare yourself to others. Just run your yep. basically, basically yeah. run your own race, and um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, good as advice. John and, <laughs> as John and Crafty said, it, everyone is receptive to a phone call. Um, we've yep. we've all been through it. Um, Crafty definitely has some of the things that he's <laughs> he's done in his shed. He'll more than happily sh- share with you to try and stop <laughs> you doing them. But um, as, I, f- from my side, one of the things that I learned is that the sooner you can get into bigger barrels, the better, because uh, the yep. little barrels are just problematic. And um, I couldn't agree and, more. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I couldn't justify the cost of what would be a twenty-liter barrel, and you look at it and go, we, we get enough work in and out that a two-hundred-liter ASB is um, probably the smallest yep. I would like to try and go. Um, I don't want to go any smaller than that, really. Um, I love the idea of having long sleepers. Sorry. Yeah, we, we've done we've done all all of them, starting off with twenty. So we, we've we've gone through the process, and you know we're 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 leaning towards um, probably two hundreds more often than not now. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. But, uh, it's, but I mean, it's part just... of the wide net as well. Like you, you work out what works for your spirit, yeah. and your spirit will change over time. Um, and it sounds like you've got an open mind to it. So don't don't be afraid to try different size casks and different yep. types of casks. And yeah, you might just pin something that you really like. And it doesn't mean then you have to do only exclusively that. But yeah, um, I definitely we. So when we put down our spirit, it was. 40s and 50s as a minimum. Every, you know, a lot of other distillers were doing 20s, and we just, you know, I we just didn't want to go down the 20 liter cask. So we're now only filling full format casks, 200s and larger. Um, yep. We've got the capacity to to wait. We can take our time with it, um, and time is a bit of a luxury in this industry. So it's not something everybody has. But if you've got it, then definitely just sit back and be patient. Yeah. Well, that was that was probably another yeah another one of the thoughts is that when we went into this, it was the uh, the brewing uh, aspect and also the white spirit aspect became quite obviously a, a big part because the farm, albeit, can provide food for the also the kitchen and whatnot, which is uh, another revenue stream. But it was always the aspect that the whiskey would have to go down, and I don't want to bring out a, an immature whiskey. And it was if we could afford to to keep our cash flow going with the brewery and the kitchen, then the whiskey would wait. And that was, I suppose, the idea of the purchase behind the larger barrels uh, from the get go, as opposed to going, well, let's get some smaller, um, some smaller wood down. It was that was, I suppose, the thought behind it is that our cash flow from the brewery aspect and being, I suppose, a, a destination, hopefully, is what. Um, but we've got a, a, an awesome little river there that 
you can kayak down from the Minamar <laughs> and uh, and walk up and and it's not yeah it it's just a lovely lovely place to bring your family and um, yeah I hope you guys bring yours <laughs> when it's ready. Yeah, the only problem is uh, when you when you work eighty hours a week, it's really hard to get away to uh, you know get traveling. So. <laughs> it's for a business trip. Yeah, consultant. You're talking about these race consultants charging you. I think yeah. I'm in the wrong industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blows my mind some of the the fees that they charge. You look at the you look at the fee schedule and you're like. They're seriously charging me 280 bucks an hour. An hour. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in the wrong I should I should have been this random <laughs> consultant. Ah, yeah. oh, it just blows my mind. Anyone can be a consultant, right? It doesn't need to be good advice. No, no, no just needs to be some it. sort of advice, yeah. And, and the, the worst part is you can have a really, really good consultant, but your council doesn't agree with them. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. when you have yeah, problems, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah anyway. I know all about that. Oh, do you? <laughs> you poor bugger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you do but laugh, eh? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I've got some experience, fellas, here. With, in regards to the Australian, um, the ADA, is there any foresight? I know with, like, for example, I think I mentioned to you guys earlier, we're looking at um, we're do, looking at doing the microbrewing course. So it's a certificate three in food processing microbrewery, and that's held at TAFE and Ultimo. And it's a really good course. Um, and, yeah, from, from all accounts, and it's put out some really, really good brewers. But there's nothing like that for distilling. And I don't know whether that's something that a lot of the bigger distilleries – are looking for or is it are they taking on the elk of well if we put something formal in place then it it then creates problems with employment or they like to I do their own um, a lot of maybe just time issues i think i've, I've chatted to quite a few people mm. that have had this idea and this you know we've had this conversation but i think yeah. it's just a lot of people in this industry that are a bit time poor and just trying to find people that can help facilitate some of this stuff is difficult um yep. Are you a member of the ADA now? No, well, I can't be because we're not distilling anything. But you have a so, manufacturer's license, right? Yes, but so, we're not. We don't. We're not producing anything. So they, okay. they said that we need to produce over X amount of liters per whatever it was. But I'm part of the the Independent Brewers Association because they have a yeah okay. a, a different thing. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah but okay. I would be. I would be if we if if they had the category there for it. Like, so the IBA have a category for you're a brewery in in the beginning. Like you're you're the brewery startup brewery. You you mightn't be producing anything, but you want to put yourself out there and you want to try and make contacts and whatnot. And and so you get some of the things. Yeah. And and but if the ADA had something like that, I'd be very very. I, I would have signed up to it two three years ago. Sort of, yeah, I sort of thought that they did. I um, yeah, might have. I might have misread it. I'm, yeah, that could be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more like more than likely. Uh, I'm not the one that stuffed up. All right. <laughs> uh, because the ADA, we do have a conference coming up in April in Melbourne, um, and it's yeah. an absolute doozy of a conference. So uh, it's a great opportunity to meet a lot of other distillers, just chat everything industry, and uh, then have dinner and a few drinks and kick back and um, yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, 
I might, I'll get Crafty to send me your number. We might have just a bit of a small chat on the phone at some point as well. I'll give you my yeah, cool, mate. Well. No worries. That'd be, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I can't hurt to even try and sign up then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. They're only going to deny me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've lost Crafty yeah. altogether. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, sent he's sent me a text saying um, you're running solo. So thank you, Crafty. <laughs> 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 so basically, we just hit an hour and twenty minutes. So, um, this John, you've got some more questions. Maybe we can. No, no, I reckon there. I'm pretty much done. I mean, I'm happy if you want to kill the stream, and um, there, yeah, we might have a bit of a chat anyway. But yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's going pretty well. Good. Unless you got any questions for us? No, no. Yeah. Thanks very much, fellas. I, I really, really appreciate the the, the time, and um, yeah, I look forward to actually producing something to seniors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We look, we look forward to it. And yeah, I, I just want to put it out there, the last um, sort of 30 minutes of this was the best, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 guys, uh, thank, you, thank you very much. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and I look forward to chatting down the future, in the future, when you're in yeah. product. Yeah. And, John, thank you for being our first ever. No worries. Guest right. here. Thanks, John. Guest <laughs> Frontline speaker for the night. Yeah, that's right. That's what I do. <laughs> that's it. So thank you. And guys, thank you for joining. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Okay.